What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, the Hall of Fame has actually received some new members. And it was the result of a special selection committee meeting. So, this, this is something that happens, you know, this often uh, referred to as like a veterans committee selection. So, every year the Hall of Fame organizes a panel with membership like players belong to 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 that class based on like a rotation of different eras in baseball history so um you have the early baseball committee and that covers candidates from 1871 to 1949 and that committee meets once a decade the golden days committee 1950 to 69 that meets once every five years the modern baseball committee 1970 to 1987 and then today's game committee that's 1988 to present, you know, those last three meet twice during each every five year period. So the more recent, um, you know, time frames meet twice every five years. Um, so last year's vote was actually postponed due to, pa- due to the pandemic. So this year, you know, we saw both the early baseball and golden days committee. So that's going to be players, who played from 1871 to 1949, then also players who played from 1950 to 1969. Each committee, also, so first of all, there are 20 possible candidates for Cooperstown, okay? But each committee, you know, voters, there was, had 16 members, and each member can list as many as four names on their ballot. So a candidate must receive at least 12 votes to receive induction to the Hall of Fame, 12 out of you know, 16 members, right? That's, yeah, that's a lot of 16, 75%. So, Minnie Monoso, Gil Hodges, Jim Cat, Bud Fowler, Tony Oliva, and Buck O'Neill were inducted or were, were voted into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, that's that's great obviously when you see guys do it but the thing about these hall of fame selections is that obviously most times these players have passed away so it's their families who are getting to posthumously celebrate them and enjoy that recognition and you know accept the award on their behalf and things of that nature but it's still good to see baseball history you know add some legends to you know, to the Hall of Fame. That's that's great. But those names I just mentioned are are the guys who got in. I mean, just a little blurb on on each player because I, I think when you're a Hall of Famer, you deserve that recognition, even though you might have played in an era that people don't necessarily remember. So, if you look at Bud Fowler, Bud Fowler, he was arguably the first black professional baseball player okay remember that the negro leagues are now considered the major leagues this was something that that um was decided you know this past year and bud fowler he spent his career just all around north america playing with a bunch of all black teams but yeah he he was in the negro leagues he was in the negro leagues fowler Obviously, uh, was an ambassador for the Negro Leagues, you know, one of 
the 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 forefront figures back then obviously because he started playing so early but he founded and organized several teams and leagues during both his playing days and even after his playing days and he helped set the stage for what we now recognize as the negro leagues he helped build that infrastructure if you move on to o'neill that's going to be buck o'neill this guy was probably the biggest ambassador for the Negro Leagues. And not only did he have success on the field, he helped to scout players. He shaped the careers of many players during his long career. And then he became the first black coach in MLB history when the Cubs hired him in 1962. I mean, ever since this special committee was formed to focus on the Negro League legends um, for Hall of Fame candidacy, ever since 2006 when that happened, it was widely expected that Buck O'Neill would be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And um, surprisingly, he wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, 17 other players were given the nod for Cooperstown. But yeah, it, it took some time. It took some time. And, you know, t now he, he, he gets it uh, in, in today's day and age. But unfortunately, he did. He did pass away, um, you know, back around that time, actually. And I think, yeah, shortly after this committee was formed so his family will get to celebrate that then there's mini minoso mini minoso this is a name that this is someone this is actually one player i was familiar with because you know when it comes to like trivia games and things like this he's always up there when you talk about uh you know the oldest players to appear in an mlb game i think he's either the oldest or one of the oldest i mean he i mean this dude played in a game at the age of 54 I mean, he's the only, well, he's only the second player to play Major League Baseball in five different decades. I mean, the last few appearances were somewhat of publicity stunts, but he still did it. So, Mini Minoso was a Cuban native. He began his career in the Negro Leagues. And then he played parts of 20 seasons in the majors, and he was a darn good player. I mean, 12 of those seasons were with the White Sox. That was, you know, what he was... That's where he made his name from, made a name for himself. That's where he spent most of his time with the Chicago White Sox. But he had 299 with a 387 on base, 461 slugging in his career, had 13 all-star selections. He finished as high as fourth in MVP voting on five different occasions, won three gold gloves. And yeah, you know, like I said, with the publicity stunts, I mean later generations might remember him because he made some cameo appearances in 1976-1980. But I mean, he has an incredible legacy because he's an icon to, I mean, not only Cuban baseball players, but but Hispanic baseball players across generations. So that's what we have on Mina Minoso. Congrats to him and his family. I actually saw something that his his son wrote an article uh, a couple of days ago explaining why Mina Minoso deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. It was like a USA Today article. You look that up. Pretty cool. Gil Hodges. So Gil Hodges, you know, arguably one of the most underrated players of all time. Um, I mean, he was known up until now as the player who received the most Hall of Fame votes on the ballot without ever being inducted to Cooperstown. That's now a thing of the past. He is now in the Hall of Fame. He had an outstanding career in 18 seasons with the Dodgers and the Mets. And eight-time All-Star, three gold gloves, two World Series titles with the 
Dodgers as a player, a third ring as a manager in 1969, leading the out-of-nowhere Mets to one of the most surprising championships in sports history. If we move on to Jim Cat, Jim Cat, he is the prototypical old-school workhorse pitcher, 4,530 and a third innings and 180 complete games over 25 years in the majors. And he did it with a 3.45 ERA. I mean, he's one of the best fielding pitchers of all time. He won 16 gold gloves during his career, tied for the second total of gold gloves for any player at any position. He also had three All-Stars, won a late career World Series title, working out of the Cards bullpen in 1982. But he played for five teams over his long career. I mean, that's few for someone who played a quarter century. We spent 15 of those seasons with the Twins. And, yeah, that's that's Jim Cat, Old school workhorse. How do you have a 3.45 ERA over a quarter century? That's that's pretty nuts. That's pretty nuts. I don't know how this guy wasn't in there before. Then we move on to Tony Oliva. So he spent all 15 of his seasons with the Twins. As a matter of fact, he overlapped with Jim Cat. 12 of those seasons. Um, 12 of the Jim Cat seasons. Jim, Jim Cat and Oliva overlapped for 12 years. Um, they're former teammates. Now they're joined forces, joined forces on their way to the Hall of Fame. Oliva, 15 years in the Twins uniform. He began his career with a bang, winning Rookie of the Year in 1964. And there was no sophomore slump for him. He became the first player to ever win batting titles in his first two seasons. So great stuff. This dude could really hit. He could really hit. And, um, you know, a lot of people wonder if he could have added considerably to his resume if he had not had a bunch of injuries toward the end of his career. But he had a relatively short prime. That That's probably why it took so long for him to get this Hall of Fame recognition. But it was quite a prime. He was an all-star every year from 1964 to 1971 and a runner-up in AL MVP in 65 and 70. So shout-out to Tony Oliva. You are now a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. I mean, that, that has a nice ring to it. But yeah, those, those are the guys who were elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. A little bit of a history lesson for some of you. I'm sure those are some names you may not have heard of, but it's important nonetheless. We will, they have been, despite the fact that we're in a lockout, you know, there are still some updates um, to cover, some, some rumors on, on the free agent market and, even um, some other things. So I, I will, you know, we'll discuss that tomorrow, but we'll, we'll leave it there today with the Hall of Fame theme. Then we'll do a bit of a, a catch up on what the free agent market is looking like because there are some big names on there. Of course, you know, your team might be might be trying to sign somebody. So we'll, we'll, we'll update everybody with that tomorrow. But that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.